welcome to this episode of Saintly Witnesses, where I talk to the Catholic behind the account. Today I'm speaking with uh, the rapper Prodigal, who's going to come on and share some information about his uh, faith journey and talk a little bit about his recording career um, as a Catholic hip hop artist. So definitely appreciate him coming on and talking about this uh, vital information. So thank you for coming on today. Thank you for having me uh, on this uh, episode, man. It's been it's, it's an honor. Yeah, for sure, for sure. A little, a little fun fact is uh, Prodigal from Houston. So, <laughs> and I'm from Houston. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's, exactly. it's real, it's real rare, rare that we get to get people from like the same place. <laughs> so we yeah. both in the same city talking right now. So that's cool. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> so yeah. let's get started with the uh, the conversation, man. Um, yeah. Uh, so what was your what was your faith journey like? Are you a cradle Catholic convert or a revert? And um, tell a little bit about like how was it growing up, middle life, and uh, led you to now. Okay, so my life story, I guess it really began. Um, you know, I was born in Musket uh, in a country called Oman, and um, you know I don't really remember much of that place. You know, just in my younger years and um, just very. Um, in terms of just remembering it, I know that my I was you know brought up in the faith there, but you know don't really remember much of it. My parents uh, were super devout, you know my mom was super devout, dad super devout, and you know they really brought up brought us up in the faith. And so after Musket, my mom uh, wanted to learn a bit more. She's a nurse, and so she wanted to study a bit more. And so she went to India. Uh, we as a family moved to India uh, to a city called Bangalore. And um, really, that was the first time that I started kind of getting a flavor of the, of the Catholic Church, a different kind of flavor, you know. Um, I really got, um, my family got involved with the charismatic movement, you know, where, where um, just if people are not really familiar with the charismatic renewal, it's like, you know, the praise and worship, you know, tongues and the Holy Spirit, like getting baptized in the Holy Spirit and all these different things and just... Um, just a lot different than what you might expect from traditional Catholicism, whether that be from the mass or uh, novenas or different things like that. So, um, you know, my, our home church, our home parish was actually a retreat center. Um, and so every day we would go to these uh, services, they would be hosting every day or every weekend, there would be like retreats and three day, four day retreats. And just, that was just life um, at that time. You know, for me and my sister, we were really brought up in that charismatic side of the church for a good three years. Um, and so and that's what I was used to. You know, I saw healings happen. I saw at a very young age, I was very exposed to all of this. And so uh, I thought this is what the church was. And um, it was kind of a shock when, you know, my family, my mom got a job in America um, after her uh, further studies. She got a job in America as a nurse. And so we moved to Connecticut to a city called Norwalk. And uh, we moved there and I got to experience a really traditional side of things. Um, very, very conservative, very, um, yeah, very traditional church. You know, they would do the traditional Latin mass, uh, Gregorian chanting, um, you know, so I would serve for that mass. I would, I would sing for the, um, for the Latin mass, um, you know, I was a really good student in Sunday school, you know, so this is around fourth and fifth grade. So really I was, I was trying to get into my faith and really just 
you know, my parents would teach me all these things and my, my teachers would teach me all these things. And I would be like, okay, well, to be a good Catholic, I need to be doing all these things. I need to be, you know, focused in mass. I need to be doing all this just to be, just to make sure that God is happy with me. Um, that was kind of like my, my notion of what Catholicism or Christianity was, is that you have to do these thing, things in order that uh, God will be happy with you, you know? Um, and so I got very, very into that kind of thinking. And, um, you know, my parents were, you know, pushing that kind of thing on me as well. But um, as time went on, you know, I kind of started to kind of live a double life in a sense. And what I mean by that is that we lived in Norwalk or we lived in Connecticut for about three years. And then my mom got another job and we moved to Houston. And so in sixth grade, I moved to Houston and um, there I got introduced to a whole new community, which was Cyril Malabar. Now, for those who are not familiar with this, Cyril Malabar uh, is a different right. So we have the Western right, the Latin right, which is, you know, the majority of the church, but there's also 23 different Eastern rites that have their own um, like masses, like their own inter versions of the mass. You know, it's the same mass, obviously, we, we celebrate the same Eucharist and everything, but um, there are different um, interpretations of it, different services and stuff like that, different cultures, different languages. And so for me, if for my part um, of India, there's a small state called Kerala, and we know that St. Thomas the Apostle, during his missionary days, had come down to India um, and came down to this small state in Kerala and established his own um, group of Christians called the St. Thomas Christians. And, um, you know, I don't want to go into too much of a history lesson here, but uh, that happened, and then as over, over time, uh, this group of Christians uh, joined the Catholic Church, and then we became officially recognized as Cyril Malabar Catholics, uh, and then it spread all over the all over the world. And so, one of these places uh, that it really spread to was Houston, because Houston has a really big Indian or Malayali—that's what we're called—Malayali community. And so, when I moved to Houston, I wasn't really familiar with the Cyril Malabar right because all my life I had learned only about the Latin church, only about the Latin right, and that was all I knew. So when I got to Houston, learned about the Cyril Malabar right, and I realized, wow, you know, this is crazy. Like, oh, we have our own right. That's, you know, but as time went on, you know, I was still doing the same things, which was, okay, I have to do these things, things to make sure that God is happy with me. Or I have to do these things to, 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 I guess, check off a checklist, you know, to be a good Catholic. Um, and so I just remember, like, around high school time, just being so fed up with this double life that I honestly had a loss of faith. I, I did not know who Christ was. Like, I knew about Jesus. I knew that he died on the cross, you know, there's a, and he resurrected and all these different things, but I didn't know who Jesus was truly. He, I didn't have a relationship with them. I didn't, you know, it was just a, a person or, or, or a God, but like who we don't have a connection to, even though the Bible says that he loves us, even though all our teachings say that he died for us because he loved us and his sacrifice for, was because he wanted to save us from the clutches of sin. That was something that I just didn't resonate with me. And so, um, you know, around C, uh, sophomore or junior year of high school, you know, really, I just, I 
was struggling a lot in school and keeping my grades up because as a member of the Indian community, you get very caught up in all that stuff. And like, you know, uh, parents and even the community like puts a lot of pressure on you to be, you know, something like whether that be a doctor or engineer or whatever, like have a good job and, um, you know, marry at a certain age, which obviously at that time I wasn't thinking about, but, you know, mainly just the school aspect of it was just really getting to me. And just, I, you know, the mental effect, the mental toll that it took was really a lot. And um, coupled that with my kind of sense of uh, loss of faith, you know, it just wasn't a good time for me. And um, just, I remember like after a particular um, news, like I was, I was actually talking to my sister about something and I, and I kept telling her that like, I feel so worthless. I feel like I can't do anything. You know, I, I feel like I can't do anything right. I'm almost failing this. I actually, I was failing this class or just one class at that point, but everything else was as bad, but you know, one class I was failing and, you know, I can't do anything right. I'm, I'm such a failure. I'm worthless. And then after that phone conversation, I just, I, I decided to like hop in the shower, but after during that shower, like I had a breakdown, like a crazy, crazy mental breakdown. And I was just like crying. And, but in that moment, like from internal, from my soul, I felt like a cry come out, you know, a deep cry, a cry to be saved, a cry to be rescued from this kind of pain that I was feeling. And at that moment, I really felt kind of, I, I didn't know it at that moment, but I felt a warmth, you know, kind of enveloping me, kind of a like, I guess, hugging me. And, you know, I felt better. And, you know, I was just, I'm not going to say from there on out, like it was perfect. Um, you know, it was ups and downs, but that was a defining moment where I actually, you know, looking back at it, I was like, I felt the love of God for the first time in my life. Um, and so, and that was such a profound moment. And then a few months later, I was still struggling with the sense of, you know, loss of faith and all that. And so my parents forced me to go to a retreat um, hosted by this uh, ministry called Shalom. And um, it was just a Catholic um, organization and went to the retreat. And during Eucharistic adoration, I, you know, felt the Lord, you know, talk to me. I felt the Lord's presence in my life. And I realized that, okay, he is real. And he is someone that I want to get to know more about and more of, like, you know, and on a personal level. Because I felt that initi initiative from the Lord himself was like, I want to know you. I want to get to know the real Daniel which is my name, by the way, <laughs> I don't think I introduced myself. Uh, you know, y'all know me as prodigal, but my real name is Daniel. So um, that moment led to me going back to my faith, because up until that point, with my sense, my my loss of faith, I was actually looking into other religions, I was looking into Satanism, I was looking into Hinduism, and all these different religions that I had known about. But, you know, in that moment of adoration and, and that moment of personal connection, I really felt the Lord, you know, touch me there. And he was like, I want to know the real you. And so after that, you know, again, I'm not going to say that the journey of being a Christian or a Catholic is perfect. Never going to say that, you know, it's always going to be ups and downs in, uh, in a, in a particular journey. But um, so far it's been, it's been, great knowing who Christ is and how he's worked in my life. Hey, thank you for sharing 
um, your story with us. A lot of, a lot of parts and a lot of different, like sounds like a lot of moving. You moved a lot, you switched different traditions, mm-hmm. uh, but it seems like now you on a steady path toward you know intimacy with the Lord. So that's good. Yeah. Um, so any advice you would give for anyone thinking of becoming Catholic? I mean, you had like different branches and different rites. You tasted different you know experiences and traditions. Uh, what's some yeah. advice that you would say? And I think I was like really blessed in that sense because I got to sample everything. <laughs> you know, it's like a buffet line, I guess. Like you had, to, you can just pick and choose. And well, I guess in that moment, you know, it was more like, okay, like this is where we're at as a family, so let's go with it. But uh, looking back at it, I was, I'm, I'm very blessed to have all those experiences, whether that be charismatic or traditional or coming from an Eastern right. Um, you know, to a to an aspiring Catholic, right? That's what you're trying to say. Right, right, right. Somebody who would benefit. Um, yeah. yeah, somebody who wants to become Catholic, an aspiring Catholic. Yeah. Um, I mean, and and I, as I kind of ended off that last question, was that this journey is not going to be perfect, right? Like the Catholic Church, first of all, the Catholic Church holds the fullness of truth. It has 2,000 years of, uh, of teachings, uh, of evidence, um, so whatever question that you might have, you can always go back and find the answer. You know, that, that's one thing that I've always seen, uh, with people is that like, if they have a question about a certain scripture, if they have a question about a certain teaching, they can always go back and you can find like hundreds of writings from the church fathers or straight from the catechism, you know, that supports and, and, and gives your answer in a very, um, in a very thorough and clear way while being backed up by scripture, you know, and um, it's very, I don't think any other denomination has that, you know, that kind of, that kind of backing. Um, But be also very prepared for blowback against, from other denominations, you know, because a lot of people think that the Catholic church is the, the, the false church or, um, more extreme cases, the whore of Babylon, right? Like a lot of people think that, and it's like, just be prepared to be, I guess, not persecuted in a way that you're going to get killed, but persecuted in a way of like spiritual and, 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 um, mental attacks, you know, just be prepared for that. And, but I will always also say that if you are thinking about joining the Catholic church, you are making the right decision. Because again, the fullness of truth is found here that when you look at the Lord in the Eucharist or when you receive Holy Communion or when you go to confession um, or when you get confirmed or any of these things, like when you take part in the sacraments or uh, just even attending Holy Mass, right? Like you realize those, those things that I just said about like, you know, being attacked or whatever the case may be, those things pale in comparison to the beauty that is contained within the Catholic church. You know, I think that that's the, the apex of it all, right? Because celebrating mass is the highest form of praise and worship, right? Like nothing else can compare to that. And so if you are planning to be Catholic, if you are going through RCIA or, you know, or thinking about joining the Catholic church, even go down that road, because I promise you, if you were searching for truth your whole life, you will find it in the church. Definitely good wisdom uh, and good advice to give somebody. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Um, so let's go over and talk about your uh, rap hip hop career um, a little bit, man. 
So um, how did you get into uh, hip hop? And like, what were some of your earlier influences? Um, like when you first got initiated with it? Yeah, um, so hip hop was really, well, first of all, let me start off by saying that I really did not like hip hop when I was young. <laughs> I was a rock and metal dude. I was big time into rock and metal and I still am. I mean, you know, I listen to some metal bands still. Um, but yeah, I, I could not stand hip hop. I thought that the only thing that they talked about was uh, drugs, sex and money, you know, and I, I thought that there was no substance to it until I heard Eminem for the first time. And I was like, oh, that's my gateway into hip hop. Wow. Because I heard him and I was like, oh, he's just as crazy and weird as the metal music that I was listening to at that time. And I was like, oh, there's stuff like this in hip hop. That's crazy. So I started listening to a lot of Eminem and then that branched off into Lil Wayne and uh, Jay-Z. Um, around that time was also when I got introduced to Drake and I was just like, oh, okay, I'm not a big fan, but um, I can get used to this, you know? Um, so I didn't get introduced to classic hip hop. I got, because it was around maybe 2013, 2014 time that I was like getting into hip hop. So um, yeah, but I got introduced to all these artists and I was like, man, hip hop is actually kind of dope and you know started really taking an interest in it um and then when i but i didn't take take it seriously in terms of like writing or you know rapping or anything i just like listening to it you know at that time i was a songwriter i was singing uh, i mean i was writing down songs and just ideas and those there were mainly like rock songs that would come to my head and i was just write lyrics you know about anger because that was what honestly what i was going through was just like the angry phase of my life and so rock and metal spoke to me. So the, the, those are the songs that I would write. But uh, at the same time, I was developing a love for hip hop. Um, but as time went on and I and I found my way back to Christ, you know, um, I really started to think like I want to start rapping because I, around that time I would start writing rap, you know, because I had listened to so much rap at that point that I'm like, okay, I can write now and I can rap and I can you know, deliver the cadence and, and, and style and stuff. And so um, when I found my way back to Christ, I was like, okay, if I'm going to rap, I want to speak my truth. And my truth now is Christ. So I'm going to speak about Christ. So that's the direction I started on. And I started praying about it. I'm like, Lord, like, I kind of want to rap about you. <laughs> I want to rap about what you've done in my, in my life. I want to rap about everything that's going on. And I want to give you glory and praise. And, you know, should I do this? This is something that you're calling me to do. And it was a lot of prayer, a lot of time in front of the Blessed Sacrament. You know, I'm, I'll always stress this holy hour and, and Eucharistic adoration is like very important to uh, any Catholic. You know, it, it should be like the nourishment to your soul. And so, uh, but a lot of prayer went through and um, around 2019, well, actually, you know, I started writing around 2018. Um, went through a lot of rough drafts, went through a lot of recording and recordings and talked to a lot of my friends and, you know, have them hear what, what I've written and recorded. And they're like, no, nah, this is not good. Or you got to go back and record it again. And you're not, you're not sounding right in this until, you know, I finally hit um, 2019 and I released my first single in February and then released my first album in, in, in October. Um and yeah, from then on, it's it's been it's been a journey. I mean, throughout 2020, 2020, you know, the pandemic hit, so I had a lot of time to write uh, music and um, just see that 
just see where God has been has been taking me. It's been it's been kind of crazy, you know, especially over the past few months. Um, you know, getting really connected with the Catholic hip hop scene as well, which I really didn't know that existed. Um, but in the last few months, I, I found out how many people are coming are, are active in that scene, and it's been great connecting with those guys. And yeah, so God's been really opening doors for me. Yeah, we're gonna touch on um, you know the Catholic hip hop aspect in like these next couple of questions. So uh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Um, so my next question that's related to that, you know. Um, you know, as as a Catholic in the church, you know, a lot of times we are like, or a lot of times I notice a lot of people are like really skeptical and like quick to um, distance themselves from things that seem foreign or too worldly or um, they just easily shoot down things um, in the body of Christ a lot. Um, do you ever notice anything like that uh, as a, a Catholic recording artist, like a, as a Catholic rapper like do you notice any like criticism or like um like attacks against you on your music and stuff like that from the rest of chh from the rest yeah. of christian hip-hop yeah or like yeah it could be just um christian hip-hop or just like within the catholic catholic realm like people who like oh uh, no they don't have a place for that in the church yeah i mean you know i've seen those arguments pop up uh not necessarily to me um I feel maybe it's because I'm just starting out and <laughs> not a lot of people know about me. So it's just like, I feel like as time goes on, I feel like those attacks will start coming to me, but I have seen them being leveled against others. And I feel like, you know, especially within the community of Christian hip hop, you know, Catholics are not exactly, or were not really accepted in that, in that community because of, you know, what we believe in and all that stuff. Um, I've, I've heard of people getting cut from entire songs because like the verse or the chorus that they send in is fire. And then, you know, like they're, they're vibing with it. And then someone says, oh yeah, this dude is Catholic. And they're like, they're Catholic. No, cut that line off or cut this verse off. You know, I've, I've heard stories like that. And I'm just like, yo, really? I actually had a DM the other day, um, because there's a concert coming up on June 26th. If anyone's in Houston, come through for that. There's a concert called Catholic Hip Hop and Tacos. Um, and that's going to be a fun time because uh, there's a lot of Catholic hip hop artists and, and obviously tacos. But um, yeah, you should come through, man. Um, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, for sure. For awesome, sure. awesome. <laughs> um, but so I posted about that on my Instagram and then someone DM me saying, yo, hey, you Catholic? I thought you were Christian. I'm like... <laughs> Catholics are Christians, brother. Right, right. Catholics are Christians. Um, you know, so I think there's always a thing of like, okay, like Catholics are not exactly accepted in the CHH scene, but I think there's a new wave of artists such as myself, um, Cody Free. I know you had him on the podcast, right? Right, uh, right, right. And also Colt Kodesh, who's a brand new artist who just released a single the other day. And so um, there's a new wave where we're actually, we have a um, kind of a group chat slash community with another, uh, with a bunch of guys in CHH and we're called the listening session. It's a, it's a group chat, but we're, we've been, we've been making noise in the CHH community. And um, so being able to connect with those dudes and, you know, them not judging us for being Catholic, right? Like they're just accepted us as brothers in Christ. And we're just making this whole community. I feel like with this new wave, like we're not going to see 
attacks against Catholic artists as much anymore because we're changing that stigma of, oh, they're Catholics, they're not Christians, to no, we're all Christians, we are one body in Christ. And so, you know, but in terms of the Catholic Church, I feel like hip-hop or Catholic hip-hop, um, for some part, it's accepted. I think the danger comes when people try to include hip-hop in liturgy. And I've seen and I've heard examples of that, you know, where they're trying to include like have hip hop masses or church or, 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 or songs that are more hip hop oriented. I'm just like, no, you don't do that. That's not what the liturgy is supposed to be. You know, you keep liturgy as liturgy and keep hip hop outside of mass, you know, or holy hour, whatever it is, you know. Um, but I think Catholic hip hop in general, hip hop in general has been kind of accepted for like conference conferences and retreats and different things like that as performances. But um, I think there's still a long ways to go in terms of full acceptance. And I think that's across the board for CHH, like for Christian hip hop as well. I don't think a lot of churches have accepted Christian hip hop. You know, it's they've done better over the years, but I still feel like for full acceptance, for full acceptance, it's going to take it's going to take some time. So, um, yeah. Sorry, you want to say something? No, no, no. You cut into a lot of uh, good stuff, especially for the next question. And I think I got introduced to Catholic. I mean, I'm relatively new to it. And I got introduced uh, just from hearing stuff about um, uh, John Levi some some years ago or a couple when I first got on social media. And I was like, oh, OK, this is real good. He had a song, uh, Real Presence. Real Presence. I thought, that was, I thought that was real cool. And I was like, wow, yeah. I never knew. Catholics could uh, spit like that. <laughs> yeah, no, that was the first. Uh, that was the first Catholic hip hop song I heard. Well, I had actually heard of uh, Father Stan Fortuna. Uh, mm. Have you heard of him? No, I'm not familiar with him. Father Stan is uh, from New York, and um, I had heard of him like a few years ago. But I honestly just thought that he was like special in the sense of like he was the only one doing it. Mm. You know, like a rapping priest. Um, but then you get into the scene and you realize there's so many more and uh, you know, they, they deserve their flowers as well. Um, for sure. So, for sure. Yeah. I used John to follow Levi, somebody like that. I used to follow somebody on Twitter who was a Catholic rapper, but I don't know. He yeah. fell off. And we used yeah. to communicate a lot, but he used to tell me, you know, within the body of Christ or within the, in the church, really, it was a lot of, um, I know he experienced a lot of attacks and a lot of like assault on his, his image as a Catholic rapper. So I always yeah. thought it was interesting to, uh, you know, dig deeper and like, do you face criticism uh, within yeah. the body? I think, you know, there's like, because this is such a niche group, a uh, niche community, like not everyone would understand it from the get go, you know, everyone. So, I mean, within the Catholic church and within CHH as well, um, I feel like it's, it's still unique and it's still new or relatively new and it needs to grow a lot more for full acceptance. Um, but again, with this new wave that's coming out, it's like there's new hope for it. And I hope right, that new fresh ideas and new zeal right. to bring yeah. audiences. Exactly, exactly. And so it's, it's you know, and I can't wait for the future. Um, you know, and again, I, I never realized how God was leading me in this direction, you know, and um, I remember telling um, there's a rapper named Mitch Durrell, um, and I was I was doing an interview with him, and he was I was just telling him, man, like I feel so alone, so isolated in this community. I just feel like there's no one else because I'm I'm Indian, I'm Catholic, 
you know, like, I feel like if you look into my life, it just gets narrow and narrower and like no one can really relate to me. But then like a few months later, like God really opened doors in terms of getting connected with the Catholic hip hop dudes and and another uh, the TLS chat that I was talking about, where it's like a whole nother community. And it's, you know, it's been great. And so like as, as I look back, because there's a lot of looking back, there's a lot of, you know, <laughs> reflection. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of reflection and you're just like looking back and you're like, wow, God really led me from point A to point B to point C, you know, and it's it, it's crazy to see that. So that's good. You're supposed to do that. That's real. Good. Yeah, exactly. Um, so you already touched on this a little bit um, toward the end of the previous question. Um, and you highlighted like uh, like the church has a space for liturgical music and we should keep it where it is in the liturgy and this music should be i guess distant in your view that's what you said um so do you think uh, there's a place for hip-hop in the catholic church yeah and yeah again i kind of touched on that but yeah in terms of just like getting the word out about the catholic church to people who um don't necessarily know about it you know i think it's a new evangelization I think it's a way of evangelizing too, of, of what Pope Francis says about going out of the church and preaching to everyone out there. You know, I feel like, you know, talking about our faith in the medium of hip hop will be, is a great evangelizing tool. You know, if you, if you got real spitters and on, on wax and like talking about, um, talking about the Catholic church and talking about what it teaches, to the people who don't know anything about it, I feel like that's where it belongs. Not in terms of like liturgy or anything like that. I feel like liturgy should be untouched. I feel like, you know, like liturgical music is liturgical music and there's a special anointing which comes with that. But I feel like hip hop or Catholic hip hop is an evangelizing tool to reach the people outside of the church, you know? And I forgot to in- preface that. I for- I'm sorry to cut you off. I forgot yeah. to preface the question by saying like uh you know i've been a catholic almost like three years mm-hmm. and so um you know a lot of the music is all like liturgical in nature and it's like mm-hmm. nothing wrong with liturgical music it has a, a, a specific purpose and time mm-hmm. and place where you can find like the transcendental you know love and you know higher order thinking that comes with it right but i feel like a lot of times in catholicism even with practical things like we we focus so much on like the beauty and uh, the larger than life pomp aspect and we forget to like bring it down to like the people. And so right. I feel right. like, um, I just feel like we just need more means to like bring whatever it is, music, teachings to down to the people's level. And I feel like yeah. hip hop will definitely, hip hop can definitely aid in that. For sure, for sure. And I think I like I should make a distinction in terms of like when I say liturgical music, I mean like songs that are used for mass. I don't think hip hop is a place in mass. I don't think hip hop is a place in those things. But in terms of like reaching the people in the church as well, you know, whether that be like to the youth, for sure. Hip hop is the language of the youth right now. It's the music of the youth, you know, and using that to talk about and to reinforce what they already know in in a dope way um, and 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 teach and and show these kids that hey like the catholic church is not just this it is like multi like it's it's multifaceted it's it's beautiful um in the in the range of what it of what it teaches and how it can be taught you know and i think you know and that's what i was saying is like you know hip-hop is a great way of connecting people together you know and i think um 
it, it, it's it's it just again like i said it's a language of the youth and i think it it, it really helps uh aid in that so yeah yeah for sure and we can have all the these centuries two thousand years worth of awesome tradition history saints uh we can have the eucharist and sacraments and all this other rich you know capital t tradition and stuff but if we yeah. don't make it in a way where it's understandable and present it in a way that's going to bring people absolutely. in, then mm-hmm. um, I feel like we're doing a disservice. So, Absolutely. Yeah, no. And I, and I say like, use every resource at your disposal, right? Like right. don't, don't let anything go to waste. If you got rappers, if you got singers, if you got uh, guitarists, if you like, don't let it go to waste, let them like, you know, cause the church, and I think this is also something that Cody used to say is that um, the church, like, like all art was made for the church you know, back in the day, you know, like everything was commissioned by the church, you know, it was a, um, just a, a central spot for people to share their talents, whether that be poems or art or whatever the case may be. And so, you know, now we hear about people just like rejecting certain things and be like, oh, this is not churchy enough, or this is not, I see that. And I'm like, no, like, let's bring everyone in. Like, let's make this communal. Let's make, like, let's use every resource at our disposal and make art and make beautiful things that give glory to God. You know, at the end of the day, that's what it is. That's a good point. And uh, yeah, very good point right there. Um, so my almost last question, and you, you've highlighted this a lot through your own faith journey. Um, like what are some major takeaways that you hope, uh, or not major, just uh, Catholic takeaways or about how God is working in your life that you hope people get from your music? Yeah, I mean, you know, my name itself, you know, prodigal, um, it really just encapsulates like my life story. Um, it really encapsulates what my journey has been so far. Um, and you know, I'm not going to sit here and say that I've always been faithful to him. Like I've never drifted away from him, you know, no, even I still have dark moments. I still have moments where I'm just like, Lord, I feel so alone, you know, and there are moments where I, I don't want to just talk to the Lord. There are songs where I'm like, well, there's a song called Cotton Candy Skies where I'm like, I'm talking about lying to others and lying to myself. But then there's a there's a hope in that Jesus saves you from those bondages. And so, you know, through my through my songs, you'll see that there's a, a there's a journey of redemption, you know, and that always ties back to also what my name is, which is I have been redeemed through Christ that I am I am back in the father's arms. And so. Um, but these things are not done alone. These things are not done just by, you know, my own will or my own, you know, determination. Sure, there's a part of that, but there's also the Holy Spirit working through it. Um, there's also the constant intercession of Mother Mary and the saints, you know. Um, there's a constant uh, prayer that's going on. Because we were talking about attacks from the community and from outside as well, like spiritually, you need to be on your A game. You know, if you're down for the count, like it's it's over, like you're done. You know, so you need to always be on your spiritual A game. You know, and so one thing that I like to do is to go to holy out adoration every day. Um, something that I took up during Lent. Um, I'm trying to do that even till now. Um, just try to go to holy hour, spend time with the Lord every day, um, because that's you know, I know that. All this time he's with me. Now I need to give at least an hour of my time to him so that we can talk. The last question um, is favorite saints and why? Always in that question. 
just because, um, you know, as Catholics, we have, you know, the communion of saints and we have, you know, church triumphant and we're here on earth, church militant, and we always need the intercession of those uh, before us. So, uh, yeah, who are some yeah. good holy men and women um, that you look to in the body? Two people, uh, St. Anthony of Padua. He's my patron saint. He was trying to preach to the village. Um, no one wanted to listen to him. And so he got out of the village and he went to the seashore and he started speaking to the sea and fish flocked to him to listen. I always hear that. I'm just like, that's crazy. Yeah, it <laughs> you is know? I crazy. love that. And, and, and his tongue is the incorrupt part, right? Like his whole body is uh, decomposed, but his tongue is still preserved. Okay, and yes. so he had, because he was such a gifted preacher and he was such a, um, a profound and blessed preacher, his tongue is still incorrupt. And like, that's like, kind of like, I pray to him because a lot of people pray to him for the, the lost things. Like he's a, he's a patron saint for lost things, but I'm like, just pray that I have the same eloquence, the same words, the same power that, you know, I can deliver through my songs. And when I rap, you know, in the same level as, you know, so that maybe one day when I die, maybe this whole thing, maybe my tongue can be incorrupt too. You know, you right, never know. Right. You know, I think, so, I think, uh, I don't know. If you... <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, the rapper, uh, C26, he's a Catholic rapper, but he calls himself like the patron saint of hip hop. So, you know, I, I think that, you know, at a certain point, like we, we will have that, you know, so one day, hopefully, you know, someone or maybe a couple of them will be patron saints hip-hop or hip-hop in general so but um yeah so saint anthony and then saint uh patripio just his humility just his um whole mystic um and his um just his whole struggle with the devil and how he was able to overcome that his perseverance and just the devotion that he had to the Eucharist and all these things combined. He's just an inspiration for me. And um, he went through so much, especially with it, with the attacks from the devil. But um, and the stigmata obviously was one thing. Um, but yeah, just a just a holy and very, very holy man. So love that man and um, love St. Anthony as well. So those are the, those are my two favorite saints. Yeah, for sure. I think, um, I mean, I never, I mean, I'm not too familiar with St. Anthony besides you know, him asking for intercession for missing things. So, uh, mm -hmm. yeah, it sounds like we all need to probably do some more <laughs> investigating on like who he yeah. is and like using him but, for other reasons. Yeah, no, definitely pray for like, you know, um, if you, if there's like something coming up, like, especially for you as, as a podcaster, right? Like asking the right questions or like even like just talking you know, just praying to St. Anthony will help you with the, with just, I guess, because he had the golden tongue, that, that gifted tongue, like it'll help with just, you know, how smoothly everything runs. So, you know, okay. that's also definitely something you should pray for. Yeah. That's definitely neat about the incorruptible yeah. tongue. Cool. Cool. Yeah. yeah. Well, that was, that was it for the conversation. I really appreciated hearing, you know, your like really dynamic faith journey and hearing yeah. about, you know, your own like perspectives about, um, hip-hop scene in the catholic church and like all these other um people coming into like this new movement of bringing fresh ideas into the church so i appreciate that a lot um well you guys continue sure. to um pray for prodigal's work that he does and make sure he and all his other 
you know, companions that are in the church are uplifted and continue to um, put God first in their endeavors. Um, well, you can tune into the next episode of Saintly Witnesses. Mm-hmm.